If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Kicking in with Keeler here on Full Press Radio, episode number 23. We've reached the Michael Jordan episode of Kicking in with Keeler. Of course, we got the great Michael Jordan documentary coming out next Sunday on ESPN. Um, happy Passover, those celebrating Passover. If you're celebrating Easter this weekend, uh, happy Easter to you all. Hope you're all staying safe. Hope you're all staying inside and following social distancing as best as you can. I'm Ricky Keogh, and we got a great show for you coming up over the next hour. We have a lot of topics to get into. we got a good question of the day that I'm going to talk about a little bit at the toward the end of the show that you'll look forward to that. Uh, let me give you the rundown of what we're doing today. Uh, we are going to first talk about uh, Jeff Passan's report from Monday night about how baseball is going to have a plan to play every game of the regular season in Arizona and try to start in May. Uh, baseball has since refuted that plan that it's not the only option on the table, but it's one of the options. But I'm going to get into why baseball has to start on has to start as quick as possible for their popularity, and is the plan actually feasible? We're then going to have a guest on the show toward the middle of the program. Uh, Jeff Magliacchetti is a good friend of mine. Used to work with him on this down on Yankees beat. He covers the New York Liberty for Elite Sports New York and W Insider. Why are we talking about the Liberty? Because the WNBA draft is next week. Uh, and it is a virtual draft. So before the NFL has their virtual draft, WNBA has theirs. What kind of things can we expect? That's next Friday on ESPN. The Liberty are picking first. They're likely going to take Oregon superstars Sabrina Ionescu. So we'll talk a little bit about that, the popularity of WNBA, uh, players to watch in that draft. So I'm going to give you a little insight on that because I think WNBA is, is a little bit overlooked sometimes. And... I think it's good while the major sports are on hold and the WNBA regular season's on hold too, but while the smaller sports or the smaller leagues kind of get exposure, we want to bring that exposure to you because maybe they'll gain a fan in the process like we did with the iRacing and NASCAR a couple weeks ago. So we'll talk about that. We're going to get into the NBA with the whole 2K tournament, what I thought of it, and they're going to do horse. I'll talk about that later. Of course, they have the NFL draft. I'll give my quick thoughts on it right now. Uh, we got the virtual draft starting up. Two weeks from now, we'll kind of do a big NFL draft show next week because we're not live during the draft in two weeks. We're still working on that and how we can maybe recap the draft. Maybe we'll move the show next on that week to Friday so we can do an NFL draft recap for you at least night one. But for me, I it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And if there any technical problems happen, does somebody have to make a pick for a head coach because they got to use the bathroom? It's something to keep an eye on. We're also going to do a little bit of the golf major schedule being changed. Obviously, the Masters are not this week, but it's been moved to a different date. I'll talk about that later. And my question of the day is your favorite moment with a player, coach, media member? Like, did you have a good autograph session? Did something stick out to you? Take a picture with you on the street? Uh, a lot of things that can go into that. I'll give a couple of my favorites toward the end. But I want to get you involved in the show. You tweet me on Twitter, at Rickinator555. It's at R-I-C-K, letter I, Nader, like in Terminator, 555. You can email me, rickjkeeler at gmail.com. You can follow Full Press Radio on Twitter at Full Press Radio, at FP Coverage. We have sites for NBA, MLB, NFL, NHL. We got everything. And we have team sites, too. 
So if you're looking for your favorite team, some coverage, we're sure we probably have it. If you don't, come join us. Uh, we always look, just go to fullpressradiocoverage.com. Um, I believe there's a contribute tab. You can go to that, and we want to be you to be a part of our team. You could also download the app. I know you're not really going on the go to a lot of places, but if you tend to miss any of the live episodes, any of the podcast episodes we have are on the app on your iOS or Android device. So take Kicking with Kira with you on the go. So I want to get into the MLB plan, and again, Jeff Passan had it on ESPN.com, uh, and I, let me give you the insights of the plan. It's basically they're going to have they want to have the games in the spring Arizona spring training facilities and Chase Field. Last week we talked about the hundred game plan where the World Series would be at Dodger Stadium, but if the Dodgers were the home team, you'd play road games in Los Angeles at Angel Stadium and Petco Park. We we kind of got into that last week if you missed it. But here is the plan that. Jeff Passon laid down. These are the big steps that they're going to try to go to help the social distancing aspect. Implementing an electronic strike zone to allow the plate umpire to maintain sufficient distance from the catcher and batter. No mound visits from the catcher or pitching coach. Seven inning double headers, which could allow baseball to come closer to 162 game season. Regular use of on field microphones by players is an added bonus for TV viewers. And player visit players sitting in the empty stand six feet apart, the recommended social distancing space inside of a dugout. Here's my take on this. And I'm going to give me the big picture thought, and I'm going to give you the small picture thought. The big picture thought is baseball is under the most pressure to come back. Because I feel, in my opinion, I know some other writers have said this, but I've said this to other people. Um, baseball, to me, is in danger of being a niche sport. If they cancel a season, they go to where hockey is. They might already be close to that, but for right now, that's where they're at. Basketball can miss the season or can miss the rest of their season because Adam Silver is going to find cool things to do, like the 2K tournament, like horse, etc. And they'll be back next year. They won't lose much popularity, I don't think. The NHL, they've already had two lockouts. They've already gone as low as you can go. In the grand scheme of things, obviously things are different with the pandemic. It's a totally different situation, but hockey's popularity is not exactly high on casual fans. So that it's not a huge deal, at least in the casual fan perspective. The hockey diehards, yes. For baseball to go potentially eighteen months without a game, and they didn't exactly have good publicity going into the year with the whole Astros scandal, potentially the Red Sox scandal. They want on-field product as soon as possible. Especially if they're first, they're the only thing people are talking about. Right now, the NFL is the only thing we're talking about in terms of on-field big major sports. Baseball wants to be that. They know they have to be that. So you understand why Major League Baseball is really just focused right now. They want to get the Major League product up. The minor league product, my guess is not starting. I've seen the Boston Globe report that it might be July at the earliest. I don't know if we're seeing minor league baseball this year. Time will tell if that happens, but I think that's not the the big picture on Major League Baseball's mind right now. I kind of I like the electronic strike zone idea. I think it works as a good test thing because I know they were trying to do that at least they were going to do that this year in some of the upper levels of the minor leagues. I think the Florida State League was going to do something like that. The seven-inning doubleheaders I disagree with because to me, while I love it in minor leagues because it enhances player development, you're not blowing through your whole pitching staff in one day because you only have so many pitchers and you can't overwork them to me that you go ever to seven innings of anything you basically have to close the record book your records will never be broken again you basically change the landscape of the sport because you're going to have teams do bullpen games on seven innings of ladders takes away money from starting pitchers takes we've talked about bullpenning before i know you've heard on other shows i don't mind it but i think bullpenning is only good if you don't have enough starters not as an excuse to not pay starting pitchers because they can just bullpen every game. Can't do that. I don't mind the on-field mics for like all-star games and special ga- special situations. To me, I I think it takes focus from the player. I get why they would have to do it to kind of bring that popularity back. But I'm not I'm not one that was like 100%. I loved it when they did it in spring training. It was cool for spring training because the games don't count. And the All-Star game doesn't count. You're going to have players might the games that do count. 
That one I'm a little concerned by, but I understand why they're going to do it. To me, though, there's a lot of things that don't work. I mean, for one, how do you get the testing going? I mean, we have to get the testing available for people that need it before we get it to the athletes. I mean, that's first and foremost. So you can't do this without a rapid testing plan. That's why you won't see any big league come back, big league sport come back without a rapid testing plan. Number two, how do you keep players separated from their families? Do the families come with them for four months where you're just basically at one hotel and you're only going from place to place to place? You're not really going anywhere else. It's a lot to ask a player to be separated for four months from their family. It's a lot for anybody to be separated four months from their family. I mean, that that's a big deal. So for baseball, they have to figure that out. This is far from a perfect plan. It's a step in the right direction. I know when I heard it the other night, I felt a sense of optimism because I've been pessimistic, as you know, that baseball might not happen this year. I've been enjoying the classic games, watching some of those, watching classic games I've never watched before, classic series I've never watched before, just to not know a score. I think I watched Game 3 Giants-Marlins 2003 last night. It was pretty good. I enjoyed that game. So I think MLB Network has done it right in terms of airing games maybe people haven't seen or like games like, hey, you've seen Game 6 of the World Series in 91. Let's watch Game 4. They'll find different games that people haven't seen, at least my generation hasn't seen. I was born in 92, so I, t- I like watching games before I was born because I haven't seen them in the likelihood. But for baseball, I think they have... They're on the right path. It's how they get there. And to me, it's hard to see a May return because, again, we're going to start... Every league is going to reevaluate May 1st what the plan is because, obviously, as you all know, we're under pause in New York or your stay-at-home plan in most states till April 29th. So they have a lot to work on. Obviously, how many weeks the players need to get ready is a factor. It's hot in Arizona, so do you start all those games at night, which if you started them at 7 o'clock in Arizona, that's 9 o'clock East, time, East Coast time, which would, it's a lot of the market for baseball is the East Coast. So They're on the right path. There are flaws, though, in this argument. But we'll see what baseball decides. Excuse me. So when I get into the WNBA, again, I, I mentioned at the top of the show, virtual draft next Friday. I think it's going to be an interesting draft. It's going to be cool to see a virtual draft on screen for the first time. It's kind of like a cheat code for the NFL, if you will, to kind of see how their draft works. And to get an idea of how it's going to work and to talk about a little bit of the insides of the draft and talk about Sabrina Inescu more, who might be the new face of New York basketball when you think about it. Um, I was joined this week by Jeff Magliacetti from Elite Sports NY and W Insider, a good friend of mine. I think you'll enjoy the conversation. So without further ado, let me bring in my conversation with Jeff. And we'll be right back on the other side to talk a little NBA, a little golf, and my question of the week. Mm. Four, three, two, one. Well, with the NFL going towards virtual draft, I figured, hey, let's find a sport who's going to actually have their virtual draft first. The WNBA draft will take place next Friday, April 17th. And it will be on ESPN. And joining me to talk a little WNBA draft. Uh, he covers the New York Liberty for Elite Sports New York and W Insider. Actually worked with him a little bit. We both covered the stat on Yankees a, co- a few years ago. Worked with him at Elite Sports New York for a little bit. So happy to talk with him again. Jeff Magliocchetti is here. Jeff, welcome back. How you been, my friend? Rick, it's great to be on the program. Thank you for having me. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, as well as you can be. And i uh, just got to talk some sports, which is great. Uh, so let's get into this whole WNBA virtual draft. Uh, for those who really don't know a lot about it, what do you know from somebody who's covered WNBA, how this is going to go? And just uh, give us the basics, and then we'll dive into a couple things. Well, as we've been told by our by our supervisors, I guess you could say, over at the WNBA, it will be it will be a virtual draft commencing on April seventeenth without players, guests, or media. Kathy Engelbert will quote announce the picks live on ESPN. Coverage will begin at seven Eastern, and top prospects will quote take part remotely. You can also watch it on the ESPN app. What I'm what I'm what I believe is going to happen. We're going to get a lot of. Uh, conference calls in this week leading up to it we're going to see a lot of webcams we're going to see some we're going to see some players uh 
chat via probably like we're doing right now. Like we're recording this through Skype right now. So mm-hmm. that's certainly in the realm of possibility. There's also going to be possibilities of Zoom. I feel like this is, this is a perfect time. The one people who, the one group that's benefiting from all this are all the kinds of instant messengers, video chats, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I would expect a lot of that. I think we're going to see something very, I think, I think things are going to kick off very nicely because this is a WNBA season that has benefited greatly, I believe, from not only the naming of Kathy Engelbert as commissioner, but it's also an, a WNBA that has very much benefited from a college basketball season full of parity. No longer the, the, the myth that the myth that UConn, that women's college basketball was just a playground for the University of Connecticut. That was already a bit of a ludicrous notion, in my opinion. But that myth was officially demolished this year. And we had so much parity. We had so many players become household names. I think it's going to be very prominent, prominently displayed during the draft proceedings next week. Yeah, I think people forget we talk about the men's tournament and how the storylines we missed out on. And we missed out a lot in the women's tournament, particularly Sabrina Inescu, who we'll get into a little bit. But you were, you're correct. I mean, Connecticut, in a lot of cases, I remember seeing on a lot of brackets, was not even going to be a one seed in the NCAA tournament, which seems like hypocrisy and blasphemy, to quote Stephen A. Smith, to even say that. But that we, we missed out, I think, on a lot of fun. I think it's where... The names might not be as familiar on the WNBA draft as in past years because there's not a lot of Connecticut players. But at the same time, there's still some really great talent at the top of this draft uh, from all accounts. No, by uh, by every stretch of the imagination. And you're absolutely right about that. The openness of this tournament was something that I really thought we missed out on. You know, for, in past years, you could probably list your Final Four to the sense of – and at, like the casual fan could put in his his, his or her – women's bracket, someone along the lines of, say, UConn or Notre Dame or Tennessee. That was not the case this year. There were so many teams that made themselves noteworthy, that made themselves, that made some noise out there, made a name for themselves. There were the Louisvilles, there were the Oregons, there was a, there were the South Carolinas. They've really been uh, a bit of, they've been creating a bit of a dynasty for themselves in recent years over in the SEC. But there was also a bunch of small schools that really came, came that really rose to the occasion. Schools like Princeton, schools like Missouri State, they've had a good thing going for a while actually. Schools like South Dakota as well. Also you have players from Ryder who could potentially be taken in the second round of this draft. And so many small schools rose to the occasion that it's really just a shame how much we missed out on in this tournament from on the women's side of it, you know? Because, you know, too often we've seen the tropes, we've seen the memes, we've seen the debates. Is the University of Connecticut's dominance bad for college basketball? Uh, and you know what? It got people to talk about, so I never thought it was truly a bad thing. So, you know what? But this year, this time around, we had some great players. We saw some great games. We saw a lot of shuffling at the top of the Associated Press polls. So it was really a season. It's a really shame what became of this year. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. So one of the things I think people when they talk about the criticism or some people say why the NFL draft 
shouldn't mm-hmm. be happening now is because, well, the GMs didn't get a lot of time and they've only had the combine and the tape. It's a little different for the WNBA draft because they usually, the draft, from what I understand, always happens seems right after the tournament's over. So from your experience covering the WNBA, how does that take place where these GMs seem to have all the information ready that they're going to make those picks directly after the tournament to begin with. So it seems the virtual draft isn't going to affect them as much anyway. Well, of course, you have you have scouts and coaches who go all over the country throughout the college basketball season. And we're really about to see on the NFL level as well, I believe, just how great, how, how, who has the best scouting departments, who has the best video departments, who writes the best scouting reports. It's really going to be a testament to how well scouting departments are run are on both the WNBA and the NFL levels. So I don't expect this will be too much of a transition for these teams to truly get things going, to truly shake things up a little. So I think that, again, we are going to see who has the best scouting departments out there, particularly particularly as we get to the later rounds of this turn uh, of this draft. So I'm eager to see what happens with it. I'm eager to see what they do. So I re- I'm really glad to see the draft is still going on in the first place because the WNBA was once again riding a bit of a wave of momentum going into this draft. That wave only getting higher due to the openness and the downright fun of the of this past college basketball season. Players recently inked a new contract contract bargaining agreement with the collective contracts, excuse me, good lord, man, collective bargaining agreement with Commissioner Kathy Engelbert, doing that with the WNBA Players Association, which includes all new perks and benefits to the players right now. It features an increased salary, a new in-season competition known as the Commissioner's Cup, which will place an increased importance on early season games. And speaking of games, WNBA is currently scheduled to play 36 games this season, which would stand as a record as the longest season in WNBA history. Time will only tell if we maintain those, if we retain those 36 games or if we decide to move that to next season when there's hopefully less chaos. But at the same time, you know, it's a good wave of momentum and it's great to see that we're still having this. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. So, of course, the number one pick belongs to the New York Liberty. It's arguably the worst-kept secret in basketball that next Friday they will take Oregon superstar Sabrina Ionescu. So I think the question I could ask Jeff to this is, what doesn't Sabrina Ionescu bring to the Liberty? It's just another great basketball star. And let's be honest, the New York City that waits for Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, she could become the face of New York basketball in general. You know, you're absolutely right about that, Rick. And can I just say, it's... Almost refreshing to see a New York team to have things pan out at the draft lottery. I think I know, I think you know what I'm referring to vis-a-vis our Patriots in Manhattan. But, um, I think it's, I think it's great to see that Ionescu is more than likely headed to the New York Liberty in the sense that this, once again, can continue the wave of momentum that women's basketball has been riding in recent months and weeks in the sense that, you know, Sabrina, Sabrina Ionescu is not only the queen of triple doubles, the queen of double doubles in, in triple doubles, excuse me, in women's college basketball, but all of but men's college basketball as well. The next closest competitor, she had over 20 triple doubles in college. Her closest competition in the men's department doesn't have 10. So this is such a great get for the Liberty and for the league as a whole. The Liberty, of course, have been stuck in basketball purgatory over the past two years. They were put up for sale by the Madison Square Garden Company. And while that sounds like, you know, it could be a freeing thing, a, perhaps a liberation of sorts, when you see how how far the Knicks have been run into the ground, it actually spelt basketball purgatory for the Liberty. And because they had to get moved up to Westchester County Center, who's whose attendance has decreased all the way down to 1,200 on Liberty Game Days, it single-handedly was bringing down the WNBA's 
median attendance. And, you know, separation from a quote-unquote NBA brother is usually a death sentence for a WNBA squad. We've seen proud franchises in places like Cleveland, in places like in places like um, Charlotte, for example. It's the Houston Comets, the first dynasty of the WNBA. We're no exception to this, unfortunately. Separation from, a, from an NBA brother in the WNBA usually spells out a death sentence. The Liberty, they struggled over the past two seasons. You know, they posted the two worst records in franchise history. They were forced to bid farewell to longtime competitor and two-year head coach, basketball Hall of Famer Katie Smith. They brought in Walt Hopkins. So I think, I think, you know, they're eager to show that they belong back on the national stage because in the three years prior, they posted a 66 and 36 records record, which was tops in the Eastern Conference. So I think they're very eager to get back to the top and very eager to be thrust back into the spotlight once again. And I think the addition of not only Ionescu, but also the returns of players like Asia Derb, Kia Nurse. This could be a small offense that really gets the job done. Rebecca Allen is also supposed to be maintained. She could be a great spark off the bench. Recently won the MVP award, the MVP award in Turkey's top women's league, so she can certainly provide a spark off the bench. But there's so much to be excited about now in New York sports. And, of course, they will be moving over to Brooklyn full-time. Barclays Center is said to be their first year using that as a home on a full-time basis. And I think with Ionescu, the one thing she does, and A, like you said, she's a casual, she brings the casual fan in because we've watched her career. We watched especially what happened, the tragedy involving Kobe Bryant, how close she was to Kobe. So people got to learn her that way. And the story of her traveling out to um, Kobe's uh, ceremony at Staples Center and then going to play at Stanford that night. So I think we all learned about her story. And I think also just the fact that like you said, she's got Asia Durr, she's got Kia Nurse, and she can make those players better and utilize their strength. Like we, like she could turn Kia Nurse into what she was at Connecticut. Oh, undoubtedly. And Kia Nurse last season displayed a newfound scoring ability, I felt. Kia Nurse back at Connecticut, scoring was not her forte. She was mostly dependent on, as you know, a bit of a floor general in a way, and a bit of a defensive presence as well. But last year, she tapped into a newfound scoring potential, and it paid off big dividends in the form of her first WNBA All-Star nomination. So going over to Brooklyn now, both she and Asia Durr have now been called upon to lead not just the Liberty's new Brooklyn era, but she and Durr have also been called upon to be the new spokeswomen of the Jordan brand. They are the second and third athletes, respectively, to represent the, to bear the Jumpman logo, the first being Maya Moore of the Minnesota Lynx. So overall, this is a very exciting time in New York basketball and Let's face it, New York City is a town that, you know, obviously every sport in this city is represented very well. But let's face it, at the end of the day, New York is a basketball town. Places like the Cage, Rucker Park, they are almost landmarks in this city. They, it is a, is a city that worships a round ball deity. And unfortunately, at the NBA level, these teams are – the two teams have not been up to par in recent years. Like, sure, the Nets, they, yeah, you can talk all day about hypotheticals and Kyrie and Kevin Durant. But at the end of the day, they've won, what, two playoff series in the past decade? And the Knicks, well, they're basically another story entirely. The less we talk about them, the better. But what the Liberty have right now is a chance to provide the electrifying sense of basketball this city has come to, to – this city has come to know and adore – and truly get its get, truly get its basketball fortunes back on the right track. So it's a very exciting time. It's under new ownership. Ownership now the ownership now is under the leadership of Joe Tsai, who recently made a very generous contribution to New York's COVID nineteen recovery efforts. So he's really in touch with the community. He has moved the team full time to Barclays Center to give them wider exposure. It's overall a very exciting time to be a basketball fan, not even just of any kind, to be a basketball fan in New York City. So let's take a look at the rest of this draft as a whole. I mean, I know she's going to be the story of this draft. Besides her, who are one or two players that you're keeping an eye on and where they might go early on next Friday? Well, INSQ has two teammates who are going to be who are going to be uh, 
Oh, goodness, excuse me, who are going to be worth keeping an eye on. Sato Sabali, who is a small forward out of Oregon. She's actually declared early for this draft. And Ruthie Hebert, who who, uh, is expected to go in the top ten. She's a power forward. So those are certainly two names to keep an eye on. Heck, you could turn New York into Eugene at this point because you look at the early stages of this draft, it's possible the Liberty could trade with the Dallas Wings, who own not one, not two, not three, but four first-round picks. So it's going to be interesting to see if Dallas trades with New York or any other team in the first round. So those are names are certainly to, certainly to keep an eye on. Another forward I think that people should keep an eye on is Lauren Cox out of Baylor. She is certainly projected to go within the top five. And Kennedy Carter out of Texas A&M. Bit undersized, but really makes up for it with a great tenacity on both sides of the ball. She is likewise expected to go top five, and she is likewise expected to be, and she is likewise an early entry. And speaking of early entries, don't forget, UConn is well represented in this draft. Megan Walker, the six-one forward, she is expected. She is expected to go in the top ten as well. She herself is an early entry, and perhaps one of the more undervalued prospects of this draft is UConn guard Crystal Dangerfield. I guess you could say, hey, you should get no respect. <laughs> I guess that that one came. I can't take credit for that one. That one came from our colleague. You know him, of course, Rick Gershon mm-hmm. Rabinowitz. So mm-hmm. I think that uh, these are names that you certainly should keep an eye on. And the deeper we get in this draft, there are names like we were talking about before. Uh, someone coming out of Ryder, Stella Johnson, who's a point guard. She could certainly come out of the MAC and be selected in this round. Local talent is likewise on display. We should keep an eye on Be- Bella Allaire, a small forward out of Princeton, as well as Seton Hall forward Shadeen Samuels. So these are all names I think we should keep an eye on come Friday. I want to talk about Lauren Cox more in depth in a second, but first, how do the Dallas Wings get four first-round picks, and are they the WNBA version of the Miami Dolphins where they just accrued picks and they didn't tank, I, well, right? No, no, I don't believe they tanked by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> but Dallas was in a bit of a rough spot this year in the sense that they had just lost Liz Cambage to Las Vegas after Cambage publicly expressed her displeasure with the squad and feeling unsatisfied in a Wings uniform. And Dallas had recently gone through the last year with about – Three games left to go in the regular season. Dallas, in the midst of a playoff hunt, this was in, during the 2018 season. They bid farewell to their head coach and came, and they bid farewell to their head coach Fred Williams. Taj McWilliams Franklin took over the final three games and later brought in veteran head coach Brian Agler. Now the uh, now what he had to deal with last season was some tough luck in the sense that they did not have Skylar Diggins Smith. For a majority of the year, she actually sat out the entire year last year due to being on maternity leave. And soon this offseason, she likewise represent she likewise ex- expressed some dissatisfaction with Dallas and how they handled her maternity situation. And it eventually led for her departure over to the Phoenix Mercury. Dallas also has some very interesting prospects right now in the sense that they they really acquired some really interesting names. It's very very young. But it's very, very interesting. Like, for example, you want to look at this roster, who they got going right now. They brought in Katie Lou Samuelson, who never really found a, you know, a general spot with the Chicago Sky. She struggled to work her way into the full-time rotation in Chicago. But this presents an opportunity for her where she can not only play immediately, but she can get some leadership opportunities there as well. Dallas did find a bit of a diamond in the rough last year in the in the form of Arik Ogubawale out of Notre Dame. She of course went during the lottery. There she of course went fifth, I believe, last season, and she really rose to the occasion. Battled all year for the Rookie of the Year award with Nafisa Kalia. So it's really interesting what Dallas has right now. And you take a look at this roster after the departure of Imani McGee Stafford. There is no one over 30 on this roster right now. The oldest person, the oldest, the most veteran, most experienced player on this roster right now is guard Taylor Hill, who's 28. So it's really interesting to see what Dallas will do right now and how they will work this draft capital. Could they perhaps speak with the Liberty and inquire about Tina Charles, who was in, who was recently, whose name recently came up in several rumors? So it's certainly interesting to see. And, you know, with the Wings having four of the draft's first 12 picks, it's really going to be one of the big storylines of draft night to see what they do with those. And the Lauren Cox story, as I mentioned, I think is a fascinating one. She doesn't have the big name recognition Ionescu does, but keep in mind she is the player that did get hurt in the national championship 
where yeah. Baylor won a couple of years ago. She came back this year, had a really good season. So she may not be up there at the top uh, centers in the WNBA, but she has a chance to be a, a really good player because she was one of those players who dominated on that Baylor run to the title. Oh, undoubtedly. I think just her resilience she displayed this year after that devastating injury in the championship get in, in the championship game. I think that that's really going to be inspiring to some teams this year. And she well could go in the top five, maybe even the top three and maybe be taken with that pick by Dallas. Should they choose to keep it, you know, to keep, keep her local? She, of course, being a Baylor alumna, grew up born and raised in Flower Mound, Texas and she is one of the most interesting stories in this way. Just her resilience, not just from the injury, but from this entirely. She was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at 7, wears an insulin pump during the games. And you know what? She has made herself one of the dominant players in the entire nation. Recently received the Pat Summit Most Courageous Award for her opportunity, for her work there. And, you know, she's been a, she's done a fantastic job. And, you know, I think her resilience really separates her from the rest of the prospects in this draft, at least, at least those expected, at least those expected to go in the lottery round. And she's also really done well at the United States level. It's captured three gold medals at the amateur level representing the U.S. national teams prior to her college career. So Lauren Cox, she's one of the most interesting stories in this draft. And whatever team takes her, be it the Wings at number two, be it the other squads you got going, picking in the top five, like the Atlanta Dream, for example. Heck, maybe Dallas will have two opportunities for it to take her. If she goes at the fifth pick, Indiana Fever will pick third. The Dream will pick fourth. So I think that no matter who gets her, they are getting a resilient, dominant interior force that will be a force to reckon for years to come. So you mentioned earlier the WNBA obviously is delaying the start of their regular season. was supposed to be May 15th. We always talk about the big sports and how the pandemic will affect their start. How do you think it could have – you mentioned the WNBA was on this wave of, of starting to get gain more popularity. Even though, as we saw Adrian Wojnarowski tweet on Wednesday that they're going to put some WNBA players in horse, which I think was pretty interesting. Yes. How How do you think this can be affected? Is this a league that could play – in the fall, even though I think the problem with that would be the Liberty sharing Barclays with the Brooklyn Nets, you now have to figure out a way with that. How do, how do you see this playing out down the road for the WNBA? Well, the Liberty would be one of only three teams that currently share their arena with NBA brothers. Remember, the Indiana Fever will, will not be playing at Bankers Life Fieldhouse this year due to summer renovations going on. I, I'm not sure about what the status of those are at this point, but they are moving to Hinkle Fieldhouse, known best, of course, as not only being the home of the Butler Bulldogs, but also being the set of the climax of the hit 1986 film Hoosiers. Great film. But um, I think that I think that also the other ones that share – NBA arenas right now are down are the Los Angeles Sparks, who of course share Staples Center with the Clippers and Lakers, and over in Minnesota where the Lynx share Target Center alongside the Timberwolves. Although if you've seen the Timberwolves play in the recent, I don't know, two decades, you can easily argue the Lynx have more of a right to it at this point in time. Anyway, I think that, you know, what looking at the schedule, Kathy Engelberg, one of the best qualities about her is that she is a woman that gets results immediately. You look at her time as CEO of Deloitte, the first female CEO of a big four firm, revenue increased by 6% in her first year at the helm. And you look at the WNBA, the things she's been able to accomplish. In not even her first full year at the helm, she was a, she made a promise from the league to secure, uh, travel to, to cover, cover travel costs for the latter stages of the 2019 postseason. Remember, that's been a problem in these recent years with the travel and whatnot. And she also was able to complete a new collective bargaining agreement with the WNBPA. So I think that Kathy Engelberg is indeed a woman with a plan. Sources have recently confirmed that she has several plans laid out for 30-day, 45-day, 60-day, and 90-day delays at this point. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. What I think personally will happen, remember, you have to say what well, you have to take in what I say almost with a grain of salt because I'm not a doctor by any stretch of the imagination. Science class bored me. In the words of George Costanza, I guess you could say, if it's not about sports, I find it very difficult to concentrate. Probably the one time in my life I will emulate George Costanza, but let's move on. What I think is going to happen at this point 
is we will probably get a start to the season in probably June, July. And our first, I think the first stage of this process will be without fans. I think that, you know, fans we can start to expect to see in all the sports, I believe, perhaps by, perhaps by late August, early September. Maybe we'd have to delay it with the football sense of things. But, you know, I think by then we will start to see fans filter in. But the first stage of this process will be without fans. I think that's for sure. And if we can get, say, a 24 to 30 game season in, I think everyone would be very satisfied with that. I think that would be, I think that'd be a great move for all sides involved. So a 24 to 30 game season tipping off in about June or in, in late June, maybe July, just to make sure everything is safe and that we've, you know, crossed our T's, dotted our I's in a way. If we could get that going, I think everyone would come out with a smile on their face. If we got any kind, I'm sure everyone, I'm sure there would be smiles all around. But I would expect, say, a 24 to 30 game season at this point, and in in lieu of the in lieu of the full 36 right now. Commissioner's Cup, I say, would probably have to wait until next year. You know, they probably want it. They would probably want things to be as close to business as usual as possible before enacting a season an in season competition like that. So. That's what I'm predicting at this point. A 24 to 30 game season that tips off in late June, that tips off no earlier than late June, maybe July, and they would run into the fall. Of course, there would be, there might be some conflict with NBA squads and there will be television conflict too with all the other leagues that would be starting their seasons at that point and we might be smacked out in the middle of football season by that point. Who knows? But having said that, you know, we've seen several times, we've seen it for playoff games. It's unfortunate. It's not an ideal situation. But, you know, we've seen games move to, say, college campuses. For example, the L.A. Sparks played a, played a playoff game recently over at Long Beach State. So, you know, you probably see some games move. The Liberty could easily perhaps return to Westchester County Center. Again, not ideal. You'd want to stay in Barclays, obviously. But who knows what the powers of be think. Who, who knows? It, it, all, it all depends. I say... Let's get to that playoff stage first before we start worrying about that, and let's maybe play some regular season games before we start worrying about But as to when that will be, like I said, late June, July, something along those lines, if we get a 24-30 game season, I think people would be very satisfied with that outcome. That's what I always talk about in the grand scheme of sports. Like, I can't wait to get to that day where we just have so many sports on that we don't have enough channels. You're right. No. I don't think, I don't think we've ever gotten that far ahead yet, like – all these sports conflicting at the same time, it's going to be interesting how the TV networks just get this together. Are you going to have, like, I know what we do for, like, the NHL playoffs that would take place. We do have hockey games on the golf channel. No, I think what's going to be really interesting, like, on that note, uh, like, I, I think I read it on Awful Announcing the other day with the Masters being moved to mid-November. What the heck are they going to do? Because the Masters and CBS have been a combination. They've been like the sports version of peanut butter and jelly at this point. Yeah. I know the Masters does one-year deals and whatnot, and they, they negotiate their television contract on one-year deals and whatnot. But what's going to happen when you're playing the final rounds of the Masters on Saturday and Sunday, and you have to conflict with not only SEC football, but the NFL as well? You know, I took a look at the SEC schedule that week. The schedule is mostly t- tame, I believe. The Best game on the SEC docket that week is probably an LSU South Carolina contest. I believe both Alabama and Auburn are playing. Uh, That's the SEC- tomato can week, I think. What's that so like? Isn't that like the big tomato can week for those SEC teams? They play like one double A schools or something <laughs> like that. Hey, I tell you, I tell you what, I'm so desperate for sports, I'd kill for that. Oh no, no, no! You're you're absolutely <laughs> right. Just I read that article too. And it's like, man, did they catch a break? No, at Alabama Auburn's not that week or something like that. Oh my goodness! Like the week before, I believe Alabama is playing LSU that week, so yep. they're very fortunate. Uh, the, the, uh, they're very fortunate that uh, Augusta didn't schedule it to that day. But then again, you know, it's Sunday at Augusta, Augusta, it's supposed to be this big thing. You have to deal with what's probably going to be week nine, ten, eleven of the NFL season. So that's something we'll have to we'll have to uh, deal with then. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's probably a problem everyone and their mother would love to have at this point. But I think we should. I think. I think for this point, I think you know, I there are some positive developments coming coming from this. People are people are start people are seeming to get the message a little bit. Social distancing does seem to be working in the in its in small stages. I think we just have to continue it. I think we have to keep going. Again, I'm not a scientist, but 
you know, I'm trying to trust the doctors at this point. I'm trusting only the pharmaceutical people at this, only the doctors and the scientists right now. So if we just continue to do what we're doing, I think we can have that and we could deal with these problems if and when they come to fruition. Hopefully they come sooner rather than later, but whatever it takes to keep everyone safe and whatnot. I'm not a doctor. I didn't stay at a Holiday Express last night, nor am I a TV exec, nor am I a TV executive, but I threw this idea out there. Sure. ESPN covers the final round. CBS airs it encore after 60 minutes. That's, that's interesting. That's interesting. But, you know, you get to a point, you get to a point with the Masters, of course. What they do is almost genius with these one year deals and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's it's not foolproof. I just figured like, okay, bet you already share with ESPN anyway. You can right. still you could have it on the app, and then if you miss it, you watch it on CBS after football. Because I, um, I don't I didn't like last year the Masters while they did it because of the rain playing at 10 a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. And you might have to do that this year because yeah. you know, I have the I don't have the Farmers Almanac on me handy, but who knows what time the sun sets during November at that that's point? Right. Yep, so, that's I, true. So I'm not a meteorologist either. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe just maybe you can get away with uh, going on the Masters. Maybe just maybe you can get away with, uh, you know, uh, playing, you know, starting the Masters at 9 a.m., letting Fox take the entirety of the one o'clock slate. Maybe you get yourself a maybe you get yourself a London game or two. Who knows? There's a lot of legalese involved, I'm sure. And you dedicate yourself to a four o'clock slate. So or 425 or whatever it is. But I think. These are problems that, yes, we'd like to have in the near future. I think if we keep this up, I think we should be – I think we should have this at some point in the near future this year. So, Jeff, before I let you go, you, you are probably the busiest person I know, so you have so many sites you're at and so many things you cover. I'm not going to mess any of them up. I'll let you take the floor, how they can follow you on Twitter, what you got going on. Tell the people. Well, I appreciate that. I'm currently writing for – not only just Elite Sports New York, but and not only just W Insider, but I've also recently started a position over at Empire Sports Media, where I've also where I'm also serving as the Jets beat writer at this point in time. So you can follow me at those sites. You can also follow me on Twitter at Jeff J Mags, and I should warn you, it is not the standard J E F F spelling, it is G E O F F J Mags M A G S. Just remember, Jeff with a G, much like 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 the Brewers outfielder. Yes, Jeff Jenkins, or the uh, or the Expos utility player Jeff Blum as well. Uh, I personally go with the famous giraffe of the same name. Personally, the Toys R Us folks giraffe of the same name. So go with that. Whatever helps. Remember Jeff with a G at Jeff J Mags on Twitter, at Jeff Mags on Instagram. Follow me there. Yeah, definitely follow him. He's got many hats. He covers so many different sports. If basically any sport that you watch, Jeff probably knows about it, and he's willing to talk about it. So <laughs> he's a he's a great follow on Twitter. Uh, right. Definitely enjoy working with him. Jeff, thanks again for hopping on. Good luck covering the draft and everything else, and uh, a lot of fun. We'll do it again soon. Rick, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for having me. Stay safe, kid. You too. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a side of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Special thanks to Jeff Magliacchetti from Esports NY and W uh, Insider for joining me on the show. So I think I think the WNBA draft is going to be interesting. We'll probably try to talk more about that in a later time. Uh, because when that draft ends next Friday, we'll be talking more about the NFL draft. Uh, that'll be the bulk of our show in the next couple of weeks, so keep that in mind. As far as the NBA goes, uh, I did watch a little bit of the 2K tournament. I was not a fan of it. The reason I wasn't a fan of it, maybe I'll get... I'll try to watch the quarterfinals, which are taking place as we air the show on Thursday night. I felt a lot of the players used the Lakers and the Bucks, which to me is a cop-out. And because if I, if I watch one player use Lakers-Bucks in a matchup and then another matchup is the same, I'm not watching it. I'd rather see. I'd rather have seen the first round players use their own team or use like somewhat even middle ground teams to see who's a better player. Like It doesn't impress me if you score 100 points because you have Giannis or... I was disappointed. Hassan Whiteside was so bad with the Lakers. I mean, that. But I think the 2K tournament, it's okay. 
it, it wasn't as great as people thought it was. I don't think it's going to get much better. I thought it was cool, though, that different players filmed, like, different drills for, like, kids for the Junior NBA at home program to do while they're inside and do while they're at home. I do like the horse idea. I think that's going to be really interesting. Uh, again, if you're if Adrian Wojnarowski reported it a couple of days ago that the NBA is going to go to a horse challenge, which is going to be um, eight mat four matchups, eight players. Uh, semifinal uh, first round is going to be on Sunday, the quarterfinals, and then the semifinals and championship are going to be next Thursday. Uh, it's going to be Trey Young against Chauncey Billups. Trey Young's also in the two K challenge in the quarter semifinals, by the way. As the quarters. He's in he's in the next round. Tamika Catchings against Mike Conley Jr. So you have the WNBA in here. Zach Levine against Paul Pierce. NBA alums is with Billups and Pierce. And Chris Paul against Allie Quigley, another WNBA player. Horse, I think I'm gonna see how that how cool that is because you can have virtual shots from we'll see where they record the shots from. I think that's gonna be exciting. I give Horse more of a chance to succeed than the 2K tournament, but time will tell how that goes. But overall, I like the horse idea in general. Let me go to golf a little bit. Major championship schedule changed. British Open, which we talked about last week, was sounded like it was going to get canceled. It did. So they moved the PGA Championship to August. The U.S. Open September, right before the Ryder Cup. And the Masters are November. It's going to be really cool if the Masters do happen in November. But I love the fact they moved the major schedule back because it might allow fans, hopefully, to be a part of it. And I, w I watched Annie North on the Scott Van Pelt Sports Center a couple days ago, and he mentioned how you can't really have a major without fans because it that's the vibe and the energy. Players feed off that. And to me, I'm intrigued by what the Masters look like in November. How do they keep the course the way it is, what the weather's like, how the conditions change, maybe more wind allow the course to play longer, as I've heard some people say. Um I'm one of those people that love to watch the Masters. I get excited for this week when it normally comes around. I'm a big Tiger Woods fan, as you all know, so I was looking forward to trying to see if Tiger could defend his Masters title. I will get to watch the Encore on Sunday uh, of Tiger winning last year. There's the Encore on uh, Friday night, of Tiger, or actually Thursday night, Tiger winning the 97 Masters, which I'll watch a little because I've never seen that. So I'll try to get a little bit of a glimpse of that. To me, it makes sense as a truncated schedule. So it's going to create like more action. We'll see how, we'll see who's able to withstand the grind because that's a big you got three champ, three majors in the span of 4 months, which is great for the sport and they're going to try to fill the vacancies where they try to start again in maybe in June of like events that got postponed or things like that. And I think that's smart especially now you have the Olympic gap where you can do that as well. Uh, but I love the Masters. I love trying to watch players go for the green jacket. Jim Nance is always great and I think well, we'll get into it at a later time is how CBS is going to try to broadcast the Masters because that weekend, obviously, they'll have college football and they'll have the NFL. We'll get into that, all these sports business things when, as sports start to come back because I'm really intrigued. There's going to be a lot of sports and not a lot of channels, but that's a good problem to have. So, of course, we've got to talk about my question of the week. My question of the week this week was, what is your favorite interaction with a player, coach, broadcaster, etc.? Um, obviously, I still want to get you involved. So if you have one, we'll read it next week on the air at Rickinator555. I'll try to have a new question as well. I have a couple in mind. Uh, number one, um, I went. I was part of a, a contest when I was a kid called the Junior Met Sportscaster Competition. What that was is you you would give you they would give you a clip of a Met game. You had to broadcast it like you were the play by play guy for like thirty seconds. You had broadcaster Met broadcasters, players were judges, etc. Um, I've had Ron Darling, shameless plug, tell me I was going to be really great. I hopefully will live up to Ron Darling's expectation. That's not my story here. My story on this is I entered six times, made the final six times, did not win any of those six times. But the Mets were really kind, very gracious to not to do this. They invited me to come on the field for batting practice one day. So I went with my family who are big Mets fans, the Mets players did not sign anything. Two players did, both on the Atlanta Braves. Mark Teixeira, Andrew Jones. So I became a huge fan of Mark Teixeira. They took pictures with us. It was great. And a couple years later, Teixeira is about to sign with the Red Sox. I'm disappointed. I'm a Yankee fan. I want him to sign, not sign with Boston because I want to root for him. 
ends up happening to share his time with the Yankees, and I'm excited. I have a 25 jersey that, yes, could be seen as a Glaber Torres jersey, could be seen as a Jason Giambi jersey. To me, it's a Mark Teixeira jersey, and I'm happy to have it. So Mark Teixeira always is, while I'm a big Mariano Rivera fan, first and foremost, Mark Teixeira is up there on my list of great fans. Uh, I've interacted with Cliff Floyd before. He's always great. Um, another interaction I've had with a player, at least interviewing, I've done a couple. I mean, being on the stand on Yankee Beat, I had good conversations. I have a memorable, memorable one with Josh Bro, one of the top Yankee prospects last year before he made his professional debut against Noah Syndergaard the next day. Um, but the other one I remember, I did a show on um, Yanks Go Yard, which is former Yankee side I did. And we did it after Derek Jeter's last game at Yankee Stadium. We went on the air like right after he got the hit, pretty much. Maybe a little like five minutes afterwards. And I had scheduled to have a former player that Jeter played with, kind of to get a, a, a player perspective, a teammate perspective of Derek. And I had Jim Laritz. Uh, a friend of mine knew Jim Laritz, got in touch with me. The editor at the time, Billy Bros, who was great, got me in touch with Jim Laritz. We worked things out. And Jim called from the press conference room and was in tears. And it meant a lot to me to get that interaction, and, and it was fantastic. So to me, as a, as a person doing interviews, Jim Laird is arguably, arguably my favorite. One of my favorites. I have other great interviews I've done. Dave Pash I've interviewed before for a website, and I love talking to Dave. But I want to hear from you. If you have a favorite autograph session, like I've had, I would say you interacted with players, maybe they gave you an autograph, got, get, took a picture with you, took time with you. And that's the one thing, and I think that's what's exciting right now about seeing like programs here like the Yes Network doing Yes We're Here video segments where you're getting broadcasters talking to broadcasters, broadcasters talking to players because it fills the void and it helps you get to know them better because they're, they're riding this out with us. We're all riding this out together and we're all going to get through this together. It's just a matter of time. So I want to thank Jeff Magliacetti for hopping on this week, doing a little WNBA draft with me. We'll be back next week. We'll do live NFL draft. I'll have a big preview of that. I'll hopefully get a guest on to talk some NFL draft. And that's going to be the bulk of what we talk about. I mean, we'll try to talk about some other things as more sports get updated, more timelines get updated. And uh, we'll try to come up with a new question of the week for next week as well. You'll see that toward the week, toward about the beginning of next week, end of the weekend. Again, follow me on Twitter at Ricknader555. That's at R-I-C-K, letter I, and you're like in Terminator555. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Full Press Radio, and at FP Coverage. We have sites for everything, um, so be sure to keep that in mind. You can visit our friends at sportscaster.com, bookmark sportscaster.com slash full press coverage. You get great video content, FBC Radio Live with Ian Glendon and Mike DeBate. They do that every weekday. And Pardon Puck, which is a great NHL show, and you can make an account for free and broadcast to sports fans all over the world. So be sure to log on to sportscaster.com slash coverage to start your video show today. You can email me anytime, rickjkeeler at gmail.com. And remember to take the, uh, download the app. You can take Kingdom with Keeler on the go with you. So again, I hope you're all staying safe. I hope you're all following the social distancing guidelines. Um, and we'll be getting through this before you know it, which is going to take a little more time, but we'll all be here. And I'll be here back with you next week. So until then, this has been Ricky Keeler saying have a great, again, great Passover if you're celebrating, great Easter if you're celebrating with your family and your loved ones. And I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for tuning in to Kicking with Keeler. This is Ricky Keeler signing off for now. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.